Now that the MLB draft is done, Baseball America has a new top 100, and they've added the 2023 draftees. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I want this to be your show. If you have questions for Monday's mailbag, show ideas, anything like that, tons of ways to get them to us. Best one is probably our subtext. Link is in the episode description. Link's in the show notes. Baseball America has done their July update for the top 100 list, and they waited until after the draft so they could slot in where all of the 2023 draftees would be on that top 100. And of the first 13 picks, 11 of them are in the top 100, which obviously means there's two that are not. So you have to wonder what those two teams were doing. We'll start going backwards. The 13th pick was the Chicago Cubs. They took Matt Shaw uh, out of Maryland. He is number 93 in the top 100 list. Fellow infielder Tommy Troy out of Stanford went to the Arizona Diamondbacks at pick number 12. He is the 87th prospect on the Baseball America top 100. Uh, These do not necessarily go in order of how they were drafted because the next guy at number 83 is shortstop Jacob Wilson of the Oakland A's. He was drafted at number six overall. He was the first guy drafted once you got past that tier of the top five. And yet he is number 83 on this list. And part of that, we've talked about this before, but it's the questions about the ceiling when it comes to Jacob Wilson. The question about how much power does he have and can he legitimately make an impact at the major league level as far as home runs and run production, or is he going to be a defense and batting average kind of guy? After him, you get a couple pitchers, and again, they're not here in the order that they were selected. Rhett Lauder was the first pitcher taken at number seven overall by the Cincinnati Reds, but he comes in here at 71. Uh, He did sign, I believe, an underslot deal, and there's a couple whispers that there's some sort of medical reason why he did that. Haven't substantiated that. Nobody's really talking about it. Not sure if that's it or not, but Rhett Lauder goes at number seven to the Cincinnati Reds and then is number 71 on Baseball America's Top 100. Noble Meyer goes at number 10 to the Miami Marlins He comes in at 52 on this list. Of all of the pitchers that made this top 100, I do this fit as far as team and player the most. And so he goes and they acknowledge in the write-up, there's a lot. He's a potential top of the rotation guy, but there's a lot of risk simply because he's so far away from the bigs. Even the fastest rising prep pitchers, and I'm thinking about an Andrew Painter, Uh, even the fastest players who look like they're slam dunks aren't necessarily slam dunks. And I'm thinking about Andrew Painter, given the news that came out midday on Wednesday, that not only do they not expect him back this season, but 
they are recommending that he has Tommy John, which would put him out for not only the rest of 2023, but probably all of 2024. And so you're looking at spring training of 2025 before he gets back on the mound in competitive games that actually matter. Now, there's a little bit of debate here about would it have been better to go ahead and have the procedure earlier in the year or not. That is obviously can't, can't do anything about that now. Hindsight is 2020. But if you had the procedure in spring training, when you first noticed the issues with the UCL, there's some belief that you could have got him into a little bit of competition the end of 2024 so that he could see how his stuff had come back after Tommy John before you then gave him an offseason that would be a little bit more of a normal offseason so he could finish rehabbing, work on those things, and theoretically be ready to continue his development in spring training of 2025. But now you've, in essence, you've given up on the ability for him to get that cup of coffee in 2024. Uh, number 51 on the Baseball America Top 100 is Chase Dollander, of, formerly of Tennessee, drafted by the Rockies at number nine overall. He was seen entering the year as the top pitcher in college baseball. Fastball slider was the thing, had a curveball and a changeup as well. Uh, didn't have the same results in 2023 that he had in 2022. And so the big question for the Rockies is going to be, can they get back the effectiveness of the slider, the command, and make him better, make him closer to what he was in the 2022 college season than what we saw in 2023? If this all happens, if they're able to do that, Chase Dollander could absolutely be probably the best Rockies pitching prospect in a decade or so. The question is, can the Rockies do that? And I'm not 100% sure that I have the confidence that they can, but we're definitely going to find out. I'd expect to see probably him working at the complex and then potentially an Arizona Fall League, but I'd, I'd probably rather him work out on... Uh, separately than going to the fall league and a lot of teams are that way with their top arms because you simply have less control over those guys okay so that's everybody that was not uh in that first tier of top five guys uh in that top tier you had Cruz, dylan Cruz, paul Skeens, wyatt langford and the two preps walker jenkins and max clark goes to detroit at number three he is the fifth of five guys on the prospect rankings for Baseball America. He's at number 20. So all five of those top tier guys in the draft are top 20 prospects as of right now. Again, Max Clark goes at three to the Tigers, and he is number 20. The Twins take the other prep, Walker Jenkins, at five, and he comes in at number 17 on the Baseball America top 100 after, select, after that selection. Uh, Wyatt Langford out of Florida is taken by the Texas Rangers at number four. And he comes in at number 10. So he is a top 10 prospect. And that means that the Texas Rangers have the number 10 and number 11 prospects in baseball in Wyatt Langford and Evan Carter. It's a fantastic one-two punch. And now that Evan Carter is healthy, the wrist does not have any sort of issues you absolutely can see 
center fielder Evan Carter and Wyatt Langford left fielder, and it feels like they're closer to each other on the development timeline. Carter is ahead as far as where he'll be in the minors, but you could absolutely see how Langford could catch up to him, and they could debut sometime around each other, probably Carter first, but they could debut sometime around each other in the bigs and be in that major league lineup for a decade right there. Paul Skeens, number one overall pick, goes to the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, and is the number five prospect in baseball, according to Baseball America. That This automatically makes him the number one pitching prospect in baseball. They have three in their top 10. They've got Bobby Miller of the Dodgers at number nine. They've got Gavin Williams of the Guardians at number eight. And they've got Paul Skeens at number five. So he is automatically, according to Baseball America, the number one pitching prospect in baseball. And then Dylan Cruz, who goes number two overall to the Washington Nationals, comes in as the number three prospect in baseball, which means the Nationals have two top five prospects, and they're both outfielders in Dylan Cruz and James Wood. We answered a question on Monday's mailbag about which team has the best three outfield prospects in baseball. And it's hard to argue it's not going to be the Washington Nationals simply because they have so many options for that third spot. But the full top 10, counting backwards, and you've already heard some of these now, Wyatt Langford of the Rangers at number 10, right-hand pitcher Bobby Miller of the Dodgers at nine, right-hand pitcher Gavin Williams of the Guardians at eight, shortstop Marcelo Meyer of the Red Sox at seven, shortstop Junior Caminero of the Rays at six, Paul Skeens of the Pirates at five, James Wood of the Nationals at four, Dylan Cruz of the Nationals at three, Jackson Churio of the Brewers at two, and Jackson Holiday of the Baltimore Orioles at one. In just a minute, we're going to get to guys who significantly shot up this list, like Junior Caminero is now a top 10 prospect. We'll get to that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green checkmark to know your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all... It is easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. Okay, so looking at the new Baseball America Top 100, there are some guys that rose significantly up this list. We've already mentioned one of them, Junior Caminero, of the Tampa Bay Rays was at number 17 on this list when they updated back in June, rose to number seven when they published this, and now that Ellie De La Cruz has graduated, is up to number six. He was a trade acquisition in November 2021 from the Cleveland Guardians. It was something where both teams were trying to figure out their 40-man, so the Rays sent a guy who, I think, Tobias Myers, who was had to be, have a 40-man decision made. They sent him over to the Guardians and got Caminero back. 
so was did really well in the DSL in 2021 with the Guardians, then came stateside. Uh, this year was at high A and then was moved up to double A. So combined slash line for Junior Caminero in high A Bowling Green, where he led the league in a bunch of categories, and then the double A Southern League, which was not only full of pitchers parks, but also giving more advantage to the pitchers because of the tacky baseball, which we talked about. His combined slash line in 70 games, 324, 380, 577, 16 home runs, 33 extra base hits, again, in 70 games, so just about one every other game, 23 walks to 70 strikeouts, and three of seven on stolen bases. He's cut the strikeout rate down to less than once a game in double A, again, in a pitcher's park with a pitcher advantageous ball, right? Uh, Something where he is playing shortstop. He can also play second or third. He's got the hands for second. He's got the arm for third. And he looks like a guy who's going to be a power hitter from the, I mean, from the infield. I've been very impressed watching the power, watching the swing decisions, how good they've been, and how well he's been able to make things work in the Southern League so far. The very last week of the AA season, I will be doing color commentary for the Montgomery Biscuits for a full week. Their existing play-by-play guy was called up to do the pregame and postgame show in Tampa, and they've been using fill-ins for the, la- the se- whole second half of the season. And I'm gonna, like I said, I'll be doing color commentary on the broadcast for the last week of the season, and I really hope Junior Caminero is still there. What they should probably do is, after the season is over, move him up to AAA for the final week of the AAA season because everything's staggered by a week, and then let him potentially stay on the team through the AAA playoffs, assuming Durham's in the AAA playoffs, and they usually are, because this is one of the best farm systems in baseball as far as being competitive in the minors, get him that experience and plan to start him in AAA next year. Another guy's made a ton of news, and part of it's because of the Futures game that nobody was able to watch on Peacock, but everybody heard about, and that's Jacob Mizorowski of the Milwaukee Brewers, was at 93 on this list back in June, is now at 39. Uh, And again, the Futures game was big for him. He pitched one inning, threw 10 fastballs over 100 miles an hour, including one that hit 102.4. And his slash line this year has been fantastic. 15 starts between high A and between A and high, a 250 ERA in 50 and a third innings, 74 strikeouts of 13.2 per nine to 26 walks, 4.6 per nine, no home runs allowed. Fastball slider is the name of the game for Jacob Mizorowski. The slider is a very good slider. Sits in the high 80s, has a lot of like late cut to it. It's almost a slider cutter hybrid, has a curveball as well. All three of these pitches get swing and miss of at least 35% or better. Uh, now, he does get on streaks where he walks a bunch of guys and can't necessarily make, hit his spots. Uh, there's a little bit of that built in with these guys that throw 100. Like, you, you expect that a little bit. And it's a lot harder to hit a mistake when that mistake is going 100 miles an hour than it is to hit a mistake when that mistake is going 95. So, not necessarily the worst thing in the world. but. Uh, based on the strong performances this year, 93-39 for Jacob Mizorowski of the Milwaukee Brewers. Another Rays guy 
who I may get to see when I'm in double A at the end of the year, is Carson Williams of the Tampa Bay Rays, shortstop, 2021 first rounder out of high school. And he's gotten 68 games solely in double A this year. I'm sorry, solely in high A this year. 256, 362, 496. 13 home runs, 30 extra base hits, 35 walks to 88 strikeouts. And that's why I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen with Carson Williams. Will they move him up despite the strikeouts or not? He is 11 of 18 on stolen bases. But the thing for him is it's contact in the zone, right? Uh, He's got plus power. On base is not bad. 362, it's not terrible. It's not amazing, but it's not terrible. The defense is really good. And it kind of fits the race profile of an up-the-middle defensive player. But he's got more power than a lot of raise up the middle defensive players tend to have. I'm thinking of guys like a Vidal, like a Vidal Brujan. Uh, the Baseball America write-up when they're talking about some of these risers, they compare him to Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles, saying that Henderson has the ability to get his power into games better, where Williams is a better defender, but it's the similar kind of thing. Like You can see where Carson Williams could be a star if he's able to make everything work. And you're looking for incremental improvements now in uh, when it comes to the end zone contact rate, the chase rate, swing de- things like that. The swing decisions are good. It's just being able to make contact, putting the bat on the ball. If he can do that a little more consistently, he has the ability to become a star. Some of these other top risers, Brian Wu of the Seattle Mariners, a guy that's in the bigs right now, went from 82 to 27, so looked fantastic. Emmett Sheehan, 61 to 25. Another guy that was in AA Tulsa, just like that entire AA Tulsa rotation was fantastic. And then they jumped him, they skipped AAA and jumped him straight to the bigs in mid-June. So a couple pitchers that are pitching in the big leagues right now. A position player in Kobe Mayo, the Baltimore Orioles, that is not pitching, or that is not in the bigs right now, but has moved from AA to AAA. He was a fourth rounder in high school, out of high school in 2020. 304, 419, 597. 18 home runs, 51 extra base hits, and 53 walks to 92 strikeouts, four or five on stolen bases. Kobe Mayo has been a very, very good as far as power is concerned, very good as far as contact ability is concerned, plate discipline, things like that. His issues have been, one, getting deeper into counts, having to expand the zone, and either making suboptimal contact or striking out. You can see that by the 92 strikeouts in 82 games. Or defensively, he's been playing third base. He's had quite a few errors. He may eventually have to kick over to first base. And this is where it gets really interesting for the Orioles because trade deadline's coming up. We all believe they're going to make a splash. Spoiler alert for tomorrow's show with Locked on Angels talking about Shohei Otani deals. I do have Kobe Mayo and or Heston Kierstad in a deal from the Orioles to the Angels simply because both of those guys profile as potential options at first base for the Orioles. And it feels because of that, one of the two of them are going to be expendable. So he's in that episode. We're going to see what happens there. And then Cade Horton of the Chicago Cubs went from 63 to 31. He's pitched in both A ball and high A and has looked absolutely fantastic. The whole conversation with Cade Horton was 
he's behind the development curve as a college pitcher because of Tommy John. He started last season at Oklahoma playing third base. He didn't get back on the mound until partway through the year and went nuclear. He was the guy that got tons of helium in Omaha last year, just like Ty Floyd of LSU did this year. And fastball slider, the slider's a sweeper, so fastball's 96-97. Slider, the, the sweeper's 85-86. Uh, it's just something where he's got he's to be able to land the change up for a strike. That's the issue he can't really do yet. But definitely somebody, one of the more promising pitching prospects in baseball to me. And I, I, again, a pop-up guy that has been fantastic since he was able to get back on the mound. In just a minute, I've got a couple guys who uh, appeared on this list, broke into the top 100 for the first time. We'll get to them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. Welcome back into Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby. And reminder, tomorrow on the show, we are talking Shohei Otani trades with our friends from Locked on Angels. Everybody's got Shohei Otani trade proposals right now. So we're not necessarily just throwing random trade proposals. We're going to look at which organizations are both competitive and have the prospect capital to send two top 100 prospects plus some other pieces for two to three months of Shohei Otani. So stay tuned for that. Going to be a great episode. I always have a great time when we're talking to the fellas from the Angels. First guy on this list that popped up on here out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but made his first appearance on the list is Noah Schultz of the Chicago White Sox. Drafted last year. And when you look, he started six games in a ball this year while he's been coming back from injury. And the next run that he allows will be the first run that he allows this year. He's got 14 and a third innings pitched, five hits, no runs, two walks to 21 strikeouts. He's an incredibly tall, it's 6'9", 225 or so. Incredibly tall player. But despite that, he's able to land his stuff for strikes, right? The fastball sits 94, which for a lefty is really good. He can touch 96 with it, throws a sweeper in the low 80s. Been very impressed with Noah Schultz's ability to sequence and his ability to land his stuff for strikes. Because again, we talk about lefties that have high octane stuff, uh, guys that have high octane stuff in general, as well as young players and those guys that are super tall. Like all of those things conspire against uh, young pitchers to be able to consistently throw strikes. But Noah Schultz is able to do it. Single A, he's in Kannapolis with the Cannonballers. It is absolutely not a challenge for him whatsoever. He needs to be in Winston-Salem at high A and possibly, if it's up to me, give him a start or two at the end of the year in double A just so he can get a taste of that jump. And what that stuff does, he'll have turned 20 by then. His birthday's in, I think, early August. And so that'll give him an idea of what to work on in the offseason. And next year, you're looking at Noah Schultz as a double-A to triple-A guy. And then cup of coffee at the end of the year next year. And then you turn around and you set him up for a Rookie of the Year campaign in 2025. I think Noah Schultz is that good. To me, he's probably the prospect in the White Sox system with the highest ceiling of any of the options there. I do Carson Montgomery a lot, but I think Noah Schultz has the highest ceiling 
And so I want to see him make it uh, to the bigs and have a chance to contend for rookie of the year. Another guy that jumped on this list from not being ranked at all to number 61 is Chase Hampton of the New York Yankees. He was a sixth rounder in 2022 out of Texas Tech. And they make this point in the write-up. Nobody thought he'd be one of the best pitching prospects in baseball a year later, but he is. 14 starts between High A Hudson Valley and Double A Somerset. 3-1, 313 ERA in 74 and two-thirds innings. 110 strikeouts, so 13.3 per nine. To 25 walks, which is three walks per nine. Uh, he's given up seven home runs. Five of those were in high A Hudson Valley. His home run rate is still less than one home run per nine innings. I'm not necessarily worried about it. But uh, the thing here is it's just, it's a pure power profile, right? Fastball sits mid 90s. He touches 97. He's got a cutter he throws in the high 80s. He will break your bat. Slider is a Yankee style sweepy slider, sits in the mid 80s. He's also got a curveball that'll break down and away. And so, a lot of different pitches there. Doesn't really do a lot of stuff that runs in on a right handed batter. So, I wouldn't mind working on a changeup or something like that. But in the meantime, again, the fastball, the slider, they're both plus. He's got good velocity. A lot of those sweepers stay in the low 80s. He can run it up to the mid 80s makes a noticeable difference on on the outcomes of it. So I like that a lot. And just been really impressed with what Chase Hampton has been able to do. Number three to number two, as far as the potential outcome for Chase Hampton. And even if that doesn't work out, they they make the point he'd be a great high leverage reliever. The third guy who popped up on this list out of nowhere, going from unranked to number 69, is Jackson Jobe of the Detroit Tigers. And I'm probably saying that wrong. If I am, please let me know in the comments down below. But another guy who 2021 first rounder, number three overall to high school. So we expected good things from him. But so far this year, but he's, he had one appearance in rookie ball and then five starts in Lakeland, the Lakeland Flying Tigers. 219 ERA in 12 and a third innings, 13 strikeouts to two walks, one home run allowed. The big thing here is obviously health. He has to be healthy so he can stay on that development curve. But you're still in a scenario where, for you know, for Jackson Jobe, he is 20 years old. He turned 20, or correction, he turns 21 next, I think next week or week after that, July 30th. And so a little bit behind because of the injuries, but still looks like he's going to be as good as, as you think he is. He's currently on the seven-day IL. I don't know if it's how serious it is or not, but either way, now at number 69 in the top 100 and looking for good things for Detroit gives them a lot of young players to be excited about him going along with Kevin McGonigal. Fantastic week this week. One more show coming up again, talking to Locked On Angels tomorrow about realistic Shohei Otani trade packages. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Tons of ways to meet, to get them to us, whether it's our Discord, whether it's the show's Twitter account at Locked On Farm. But easiest way and the way that gets priority, probably the subtext. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. Shoot them to us on there. In the meantime, remember, it's always a great time to stay in